mindfulness, hobbies, gratitude, proper sleep, proper rest, proper nutrition, these are not necessarily things that can be compromised. Hello and welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, one of the lead coaches at DocWorking.com, and I am joined by one of the other lead coaches, Gabriella Dennery, MD. And today we're going to be talking about why it is not just a good idea, but it's integral, super important for you to find time to do things that lights you up. I'm talking about hobbies, interests, anything that you really enjoy doing, why it's really important for you to find time to do that in your life. It's not just something you need to do when everything else gets done and your entire to-do list is checked off. Gabriella, I know you and I share a passion about inviting people to have this consideration. Why is it you think for physicians specifically, it's so important to find time to do things that light them up outside of their workplace? You need that creative juice. You need that creativity somewhere along the line. And it's not just work-related. I think if we could take work off the table for a minute, that life is not just about that, (laughs) that there are other things going on. You need to recharge. And I think one of our podcast guests said it wonderfully, Isai Barnwell, who talked about creativity as well. And she said, you know, sometimes you need to shut one valve off and open another one up and allow something else to come in to just take a really literally a mental and a physical break to recharge, to get the juices flowing, to have a different kind of community, a conversation. I think for me, when I took up African drumming, when I was an attending physician, within the first six months of starting my first job as an attending, I was in New York City and it's like something I wanted to do, something I was curious about. I saw it on stage one day, there was a particular drum that I wanted to study. I said, well, I'm in New York City, this is the right place to be, let's go for it. So I found a teacher, like within six months, I started a new job in July, by January I was in drum classes. And so to be around a different community, different people who didn't talk about patients and who didn't talk about diagnoses and consults, but who just from different walks of life had talked about anything and everything. And to be in a space where I was learning something completely different. And so encouraging somebody to say, you know what, I know you think there's no time. And I think through the coaching work, what's important is you realize that there is more time than we think there is. But even if you believe there is no time and there are other things that are more pressing or more important and a hobby is something you can kind of push aside, the hobbies are that what you dig into even more when you are stressed. Why? Because it gives, again, that breathing room, that breathing space. I mean, I remember the days when I would have my drum on my back because I took the subway to work. I would have my drum on my back to get to work and on Monday morning, class was on Monday evening. And so patients would see me come in with the drum and say, oh, you're going drumming, doc, you're going today. It's like, yes, this is my drum day. And everybody got a smile on their face because, again, it's a different kind of conversation and a different kind of focus. And so give yourself time for that focus and make that priority one. You know, mindfulness, hobbies, gratitude, proper sleep, proper rest, proper nutrition, these are not necessarily things that can be compromised really for longevity, for burnout prevention, for dealing with burnout, et cetera, et cetera. There comes a point where making that commitment to a hobby. My father was a surgeon. He painted his entire life. My mother was a psychiatrist, a pathologist, then turned to psychiatry. She was an haute couture seamstress, okay? I mean, these were people who made it a point to, you know, mom raised six kids, a busy house with six kids, full profession, full-time job, and still made it a point 
even if it was at midnight, that in her quiet time she would sew, even if it's one or two stitches until get some rest and then find the opportunity to do that again. But she made that a priority. And dad painted every day. He just did. And so, you know, I learned from that experience of how important to have those outlets that have nothing to do with medicine, but that really bring you joy and fuel your passion and get that energy going. Especially if the job is kind of routine sometimes. You know, you need to break the routine to get another source of inspiration. What is your source of inspiration? It's not about finishing the painting. It's just about painting. It's, <laughs> it's not about finishing the dress, although they both did. They always finish their work. <laughs> it's about actually being in that activity. So it's not about writing the next best composition. It was just about drumming and being in that space. So make the time. Don't just find the time. Create the time. Create it and make that your commitment and see that as something you don't have a choice with. That, that's just you. You have to do it. Yeah, I love what you just said. I think it's really important. We've talked about in other conversations and in other podcasts, which I highly recommend folks tune into about procrastination and perfectionism. And a lot of times people actually procrastinate doing their hobbies because they are so attached to the outcome. Well, I can't paint because I can't make a pretty picture out of it. And so this is an important time for us to really play with progress over perfect, right? And it's the process, not the outcome. The process is doing, as you said, shutting off one valve and turning on another, the term I I a lot of times use with my clients is we got to change the channel, right? It's kind of like as a kid growing up in the seventies, before we got cable, I'm watching Brady Bunch and all I've got is a bunch of white fuzz on the screen for some reason, you know, whatever day there's not a good signal coming in. And we had this trick, we would turn the channel, we'd watch, you know, a little Gilligan's Island for a while. And then sure enough, we'd come back and the channel was clear again. And our Brains are a little that way too. We need to be shifting some of those neural pathways. We need to be reusing that glycogen in different ways and changing the channel is important. So one of the things that comes up in my physician clients who I'm encouraging to look for some ways to change the channel, to explore some hobbies, some interests, some passions, something that they're interested in outside of work is they'll say, well, I don't have any of those because I'm not good at it, right? So they're not a painter. They have no haute couture (laughs) skills. They're not a drummer like you. I mean, I'm that way, right? I don't have any hobbies that are actually other high-end skills for me, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't have a way to explore that. What do you say to people like that, Gabriella, who say, well, I'm not good at anything else, so how can I have a hobby? Understand that it's not just about the activity itself. It's the benefit you get from it. And so it's like, what are you going for? Are you going for perfectionism? Are you going for getting it right so you don't do it because you're not going to be a world-class painter? I think my father sold three paintings in 86 years of life. I mean, (laughs) it's not about that. It's about the pleasure of it. And so where is your joy? Where's the pleasure? Where's that leisure time? And if you don't have a hobby, and I'm saying this to everybody, find one. (laughs) Go for what you're curious about. And you can always drop it. If it's something that's like, okay, I tried, but eh, it's not interesting. Okay, so yeah, I'm curious about knitting. Let me see how that works. Okay, that bores me. Let me find something else. Get curious. Go with where your curiosity leads. It doesn't have to be the next big thing. It doesn't have to be how you earn your living. It doesn't have to be your next business idea. It just has to be something that breaks the routine and helps you think and access your brain, as you said, in different arenas and different pockets of your brain are activated you know, and get that creative right side brain going as opposed to always being about logical decisions. Stop being logical for a moment and be illogical and have fun. Go with your curiosity, find stuff out, ask people, ask your friends, what do they do? 
Maybe that was a hobby. And that's one thing I asked my clients. Well, what hobbies did you have when you were a kid growing up? What was fascinating to you then? Uh, what about perhaps your teen years or young adults? Before you went into that medical track, I got to do well in school to get into med school. Or what were your personal side gigs that had nothing to do with money or performance, but had everything to do with where you found your joy? They're there. That eight-year-old kid knows. That seven-year-old creative kid knew what they were fascinated about. So if we have to go all the way back there, then that's what I do. (laughs) Until we find that thing. It may be something new, but to just tap into that curiosity again, that kid-like curiosity. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. The hot track here, right, that we follow is what are you interested in and exploring it and also being willing to be more kid-like, like you said, And as kids, we would change our mind about stuff. Remember, you'd be into something and then a couple of years later, you'd see that aunt that hadn't seen you in a couple of years. And she's like, so are you still into geodes? And you're like, no, I'm not into geodes anymore, right? But that's okay. As a kid, you were like, that's okay. Like there's no crime in moving on to the next thing. And so I think to give ourselves permission as adults to play in that space is important. Another thing I realized around this subject over COVID times was I kind of had let my phone and my iPad become a bit of a hobby (laughs) in a way that wasn't particularly satisfying to me. It was just a default mechanism more than a real place that was drawing me in out of curiosity, right? So social media surfing, you know, it's fine to play solitaire on your iPad. I thoroughly enjoy it. And I'm not saying it's evil. It could be a really nice thing to do. It's just, I let myself realize that was my default and there might be other things I wanted to do. And so I just got back to good old fashioned reading mystery novels that I hadn't read for a long time. The other thing that I think is important that I know is something we're both passionate about is looking for ways to be connected to other people because a sense of community is important to us. We know it's actually an antidote to burnout as well. And so I love encouraging my physician clients to notice whatever they're interested in, are there places they can go be interested in that thing with other people, whether it's sailing or needle pointing or biking, or taekwondo, as you mentioned, whatever it is, you know, learning more about the history of a particular location. It's letting ourselves, I think, play. And when we're hard workers and high achievers, which physicians are, we somehow think that play is for other people or for people that have more time on their hands. And we don't recognize that we work as creatures. We were literally built to balance what we're doing in terms of effort with some play. It's part of our biology and we forget that. Yeah, that's such an important point to really tap into that inner five, six, seven, eight-year-old kid and to allow ourselves to play, go swing on the swing set, go down the slide, (laughs) build castles in the sand at the beach. I mean, how do you play? Not just because your kid wants to play and you kind of like, okay, what do you want to do now? But (laughs) really have fun with it, you know, jump in puddles of water when it's raining for you. I think that you bring up a really, really important point, Jill, and that's technology as a form of play. And yes, it can be entertaining. Absolutely. But a lot of times a hobby, I would encourage people, you know, if you can as much as possible to disconnect from technology, to make that hobby something that is actually literally physical that requires your hands. If you want to learn a musical instrument, that just requires your actual active participation away from a screen, whether it's a phone or a computer or a television for that matter. Because sometimes, yes, it's fun. It's entertaining. I spend way too much time on YouTube, but at the same time, does it feed you? 
And if you get to that point where you're not being fed, then that means, okay, so something else has to happen. Going outside, taking some sunshine, going for a walk, connecting with people, which, as you said, we talk about a lot. And yes, in the pandemic time, it might be a little trickier to be socially distanced on a sailboat, <laughs> but it's still a possibility. Hey, if it's big enough, why not? I mean, or, and you're outdoors. All the more reason to be outdoors for all sorts of different activities because of this pandemic and we're a little zoomed out. And so it's how can you feed yourself away from technology and more closer to people, to nature, to physical activity? Thank you for saying that because that's an important point. So to summarize, I think the biggest message that I think I can collectively pull out of the threads of what Gabrielle and I have shared is this is not a thing that gets put at the bottom of the pile or the bottom of the list. If you are feeling kind of dried up and tired, even for five or 10 minutes this week, give yourself permission to play, whatever that looks like for you. Any form, no judgment at all, whatever feels interesting makes you curious, causes you to want to explore, allows you to play. It's just let yourself have permission to begin changing the channel in your brain. And then you can build on that to create more space for that in your life. Anything else that you want to add before we're done, Gabriella? No, I think you summed it up beautifully. So go play. Yes, go play. That's your homework. That's your, your assignment homework. from your coaches here is go play. And as always, we're so glad you took the time to join us for Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast, and we will see you next time. We want to remind you that if you do want coaching support right now, all you have to do is go to docworking.com and you can check out our coaching opportunities for you to get a certified coach who is experienced in working with physicians. Also, if you're not on our newsletter yet, you got to get over to docworking.com today and sign up. That's how you find out about all kinds of offers and resources that we have available to you. So until next time, thanks so much for being with us here on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.